Well, hello and welcome to this special episode of the U.S. Grace Force WSFI Catholic Radio Edition. That's our new name. Um, and with us today, we're broadcasting on 750 WNDZ, hello, and WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. And uh, this is our first live show in a few months, and it's just great to be back. With us today is uh, Father Richard Heilman. Father Richard Heilman is the pastor of St. Mary Parish in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, and he just completed his 35th year as a priest. So congratulations, Father. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And he must have been all pumped up on Memorial Day this year because, yeah. uh, boy, everything is battle ready and spiritual warfare and combat right. rosaries. And, and you're fighting the real war together with our beloved Doug Barry. Doug is the founder of the Battle Ready Coalition, or he says Be Ready Coalition, which is the only Catholic online training ground and community of its kind. And it is at battle, be, what is it, battlereadycoalition.com, right? Battlereadycoalition.com. Yeah. BRcoalition.com. BRcoalition.com. Thank you. Thank you, you very much. So we're in the month of June. It's, it's Gay Pride Month. What do you have to say to that, Father? I'm proud of the sacred heart of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You're proud of the sacred heart of Jesus. How did that yeah. happen? They took the month that was dedicated to the Sacred Heart, and now all of well, a sudden... Yeah, look what's happening in the, in, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, we're easy pickings, is what's going on right now. And it's, yeah. it's, it's not only okay, but they seem to be rewarded for going after Catholics. So, and lots I, to talk about. Lots to talk about. And I think, Doug, that's what you were saying earlier, that you wanted to talk about the tension that's in society and the mounting antagonism against Christianity. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, I saw a news clip on, uh, I think it was Fox News, you know, I don't watch them nearly as much anymore for some reason, but mm. I still watch once in a while. And I saw a news clip and someone from, I think Catholic Vote, or it was a lawyer who was representing Catholic Vote, who was, uh, you know, bringing some sort of legal action, you know, uh, against this, you know, anti-Catholic bigotry that's going on with this, uh, this group out in LA the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and the whole L.A. Dodgers scene. And the reporter asked the man, and I forgive me, I forget his name, asked him, why do you think they're going after the Catholics? And he gave a very nice answer so as not to offend probably other Christian denominations. But if the Catholic Church goes down, every other religion out there, every other Christian religion is, 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 um, is destined to fall. We are the largest, by the grace of God, of course, established by Christ himself uh, on Peter. We have this global reach that is beyond people's understanding. The seal of the confessional, for example, the, the devotion to our Blessed Mother, the Eucharist. I mean, we have so many amazing and such critical pieces that the entire world needs even non-Catholics and atheists alike, if they really understood what was going on, the grace of God flowing into the world through the sacraments, through the power of the priesthood, and so forth. So, of course, you're going to see an attack against the Catholic faith above everything else. In fact, Archbishop Fulton Sheen had said, you know, Venerable, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen had said, if you want to find the one true religion, find the one that's attacked the most and the most aggressively. And that's what you see ultimately here is these not subtle at all 
not just jabs. These are these are steamroller type effects. You know, what the so-called sisters perpetual indulgence do, the way they present themselves. You know, one of their mottos is go and sin more. I mean, this is this is something that is so egregious and so in our faces. And I, you know, I hand it to those couple of, I think it's been a couple of LA baseball players who have stu stood up and spoken out. And they've been very clear about how, uh, how this is simply mockery. And one of them in a letter wrote, God cannot be mocked and he won't be mocked. Sooner or later, sooner or later, the door on the ark is going to close, you know, to put it simply, and the rains are gonna begin. Yes, I know God promised he would never flood the earth again, but that's, that's not the point. The point is figuratively, sooner or later, God's gonna say, okay, that's it. Time to shake things up a little bit. And, you know, we talk about this on the Grace Force podcast, comments are coming and we say it kind of tongue in cheek but the idea behind that is that yeah god has made clear our lady of akita japan 1973 that god is preparing a great chastisement for the world to make the world understand his anger towards our choices and we're not helping ourselves at all by going along with this stuff or by good catholics sitting on the sidelines or by good catholics who are supporting any of these organizations like target like the la dodgers you know, like any, you know, these these groups out there, these these businesses that are clearly speaking out in ways that are anti-Christian, anti-Catholic, we have got to unite and we've got to be firm about it because the tension is very real and we are only going to reap the devastation if we continue to be silent. And we've got to be, and we want to talk about this in the show today, be prudent and clever, but we do have to be active. Yeah, I, 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 one of the terms that's really got my goat late, lately, especially, and, and it's just because of a lot of what you just said, Doug, is when they say we're living in the post-Christian era. Mm. And I just do not want to cave. Uh, you know, I, I say, well, what are you saying there? They, okay, that was nice. Hey, it was fun while it lasted. You know, so we're in this post -Christian. That's where they want it to go so that uh, and, and realize, too, we're being attacked because we're the most dangerous to them. Mm -hmm. Because we are trying as best as we can to stay, to stay true to the will of God. Not man's will, but the will of God. And as long as we uh, are determined to stay in God's will, we pose a threat to them. And so the, the narratives will come post-Christian era, you know, uh, just... and and. What, what they're trying to do is just normalize things. It's the new normal, you know, the post-Christian era. No, no, it's not. It, are, are we in a weakened state? You bet we are. We are in a very, I keep saying, I, this is historic. This could be the most, the weakest we've ever been. I mean, come on. I mean, what's, what's your pronoun? Uh, the, the, the ideologies that are just being thrust upon us right now, as if they're a new religion, a dogma unto themselves, that, if we don't uh, 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 accommodate that and, and comply, uh, that we will be persecuted, we will be taken out. So it, it's, it's, it's a historic era right now. No, it's not the post-Christian era. Not under my watch, at least. Uh, and what we're going to do is, and I've been praying for a revival, but we need a revival that restores truth, okay? The splendor of truth is what's needed right now and we need more voices willing to be courageous enough to stand up and say that's a bridge too far that's a, a which you cannot go any further 
in fact, we're reclaiming the surrendered ground we've already given back. And, and that's, again, why we was a threat and why they need to uh, shame us and mock us and persecute us and do everything that they can uh, to create this new normal of a post-Christian era. Why do you think people don't speak up? Is, is it because they agree with this narrative that's being thrust down our school children and our health care and our government, our law enforcement? Is it because they agree with them or are they, what, what is it? What's holding everyone back? Ahead, Father, you, you would go first or you go first? Go ahead. I got opinions on this one. All right. <laughs> combination of things i think number one is we're, we become very cowardly we become very soft we're afraid of persecution you know they're one of my favorite quotes i've said this dozens of times on on different podcasts and you know uh, on grace force on our show is it's a quote from an old john wayne movie where he plays genghis khan i think it's called the conqueror it's a terrible movie but in general there's a great quote in there where the men, uh, Genghis Khan's men, are being invited into a, some village by the village elders because they know the next day Genghis Khan's going to try to overrun the village and they're trying to negotiate some sort of peace. Bring your men in and let's give them some relaxation. Let's give them some wine, some music. They can sleep on, in the tents. And, and someone in Genghis Khan's entourage says, no, the men will stay out here and they will sleep on the ground where it is hard because if they go in there, they will become comfortable. And if you become too comfortable, you get soft. And if you get soft, you become weak. And if you get weak, you can't fight. And if you can't fight, you will die. And so in other words, if you get too comfortable, you're going to get you're going to get taken out because it leads to laziness, weakness. And that happens spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. When we cater, when we hold people's hands through everything, when we don't want to exercise or eat right or discipline ourselves or have a disciplined prayer life, we're so comfortable. And look, I love the comforts. I love air conditioning. I got a ceiling fan above me and the air conditioner's on right now and it's 90 degrees here in, in Texas. And I love the comfort, but I still make sure that I do things to keep an edge. I want to mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically be sharp. And I think a lot of people are simply weak. They don't want the persecution. They don't want to have to deal with discomfort. They don't want to be canceled. They don't want to deal with anybody looking at them sideways. You know, I grew up, and Father, you remember this too, and you probably do too, Angela, with that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Yes. And we're all afraid of names, you know? And so we've given into things, like you said, Father, earlier about the pronouns. I mean, what in the world? We are down to being concerned if someone uses the wrong word. Comedians are making this point very clearly. They're, they're getting silence left and right when a lot of comedy is based on that kind of tongue-in-cheek shot in the arm uh, uh, over words, uh, calling people names. And yeah, it's not always the most respectful, but it, the point is we have lost the strength to take a challenge or, or some sort of, of even verbal attack. And I think if, if we're there, how in the world do we think we're going to have the strength to die for our faith, which many of us claim we want to be able to do? I, I hope I have that strength if God calls me to that. But if I can't, if I can't take a family gathering where people are going to be upset because I say, oh, I don't agree with the L.A. Dodgers. Oh, come on. You're not being, you know, uh, you know, socially acceptable enough. And we've got ESG score stuff out there, environmental, social governance, where businesses are now saying you have to be a certain way or you won't get the loan. You won't get the business. You won't get the marketing. We have all these types of things happening. And a lot of it is we're soft. We're weak. We're afraid. 
it's a combination of those things. And there's, there's more than that, I'm sure. You know, people have been paid off, people have been bought, people want to get along, people want human respect. A lot of people just want to be respected. They want to have the popularity. You know, our Facebook and our other social media platform put something up and then I count the likes as if the likes determine whether or not it has value or whether or not I have value. I just think we've really got to get back to what Father always says. We've got to be mighty in, the, in God's strength. And that means get on your knees before God. Get to adoration. Pray that rosary. Stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. You've got to ask for the supernatural strength. And if we don't have that supernatural strength, I just think we're gonna, we're, we are going to find ourselves, I, I agree with Father, it's historic. I think we're, we're at this weakened state, and yet we have the greatest advances and conveniences. And yet we are so soft when it comes to having the backbone to stand up against a lot of this stuff. So that's my take on it. Father, I don't know if you have anything on that or Angela. Well, that's excellent, Doug. The only thing I'd add to that is that I think what we're experiencing, and I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a scholar in what historically totalitarian regimes have done. But what I've, what I've read on this is it's right by the playbook. And what are they doing? You know, well, let's uh, open up the border. Uh, let's flood the, the, the country. Uh, let, let's, um, let's crash the economy. Uh, let's throw criminals out on the street. Okay, so what, what's going on here? You could go on with that, but what's going on here is that uh, they want us to be quivering in fear and to live in this chaos so that what? so that now we build a dependency on them and, and, uh, and, and, and see that our only way out is for us to do their bidding. Okay, this is classic totalitarian regime. Uh, and, and, and they'll lie, cheat, and steal too. They're just whatever, whatever gets them into power is the, is, is the high, high goal. And it doesn't matter how they get there. <laughs> Excuse me. So what we're seeing, I think, with a lot of people is after so much of this, they're looking for peace at any cost. Okay? I, I just want peace. So I, I'll comply if that's necessary, but I'll also retreat. And uh, one of the things that, um, that I, I take issue with really is when people will say something like, well, God's God's got this in the end, or or we've seen this at other times in history. Well, no, we haven't. Okay, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. They weren't marrying in the same sex. They weren't talking about their pronoun and, and things like that. Um, and and you could go on and on. I mean, everything that was just going on. I to me, it's historic. It's it's about as bad as you can get. Father, um, well, can I can I history. Real quick on that, Father, because I want to add exactly what you said. Sodom and Gomorrah did not have the internet. They did. Rome didn't have the right. internet. What I mean by that is, you can people can post something, and we do this. We put we post our U.S. Grace First podcast every week, and it can instantly. The power of influence right now is is un, it is huge, yeah, unmatched. We can reach the entire world in an instant when you post yep. something. So you can post the most beautiful, powerful, amazing things. The rosary. You know, great podcasts, you know, devotions, prayers, divine mercy, that can be out there. And you can also put up the most horrible, disgusting, despicable things out there. This is something that is reachable within seconds. 
Yep. And the fact that everybody has, whether it's just simply a phone, an iPad, a computer, we're talking about kids, five, six, seven years old, where it's very common for them to have phones, smartphones, iPhones, you name it. All right, this is very, very in our face. It is growing at a speed that we can't even comprehend. AI now is out there. There are hundreds of websites out there now, apps, I should say, apps, where AI is being used to do all kinds of the most horrible things I'm not even gonna mention. I've just seen some of this in some research with the people that, the experts that are very, very concerned about this. Um, AI voice cloning, for example. Grandparents are getting calls from a voice clone that is from AI that sounds like their grandkid and they're asking for money or they're saying they're in trouble and they need this or that. There is so much evil that is being done even with AI right now. And we hear reports, I see this in tech videos and interviews with people who will say, well, you know, as long as we put uh, parameters on it so that it is responsibly used, okay, like everything else, like the internet is always responsibly used, you know, like the banking system is always responsible, the way they function and operate, like the federal government, okay, we could go all kinds of directions on this. So Father, I agree with you 100%. It is so much worse now simply because the access to the darkness is so great, right. which means our response needs to be relentless and it needs right. to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we've got to be out there kicking right. down doors and going through walls to get the word of God out there to people. Sorry, Father, didn't mean to interrupt. Well, you. no, uh, exactly right. And uh, and just to reiterate again, I think people are so beat up, so abused yeah, uh, that they want peace at, at, a, at, at any cost whatsoever. And so, okay, it's the new normal. I got to go shopping and golfing now. Are <laughs> you? That's my term I like to use all the time. But it just means yeah. that I got to detach myself. And I, I, I've noticed, too, I've, I, I, I know people that are strong spiritual leaders but have chosen to detach themselves from this. Uh, and, and using such language as, well, you know, the, 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 the history is, you know, has we go through moments like this. And it, it, as if to say, you know, it's not my problem. It's someone else's problem. Uh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And why? Because I actually do love my sheep. I do love people. I, 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 I can't sit by and watch them be abused. And I can't sit by and let them create these new normals, especially something like post-Christian era. Okay. I, I can't, I can't sit by and do that. And, and, and I think nor could the martyrs in history, you know, they, they had to uh, take a stand and, and, and stand for truth, stand for the splendor of truth. And we were living for those little kids that are behind Doug right now. And <laughs> these, these <grandkids laughs> Two little angels them. came in. Oh, they're cute as a button. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, we're fighting for them, right? I mean, do we want, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be uh, judged one day that we allow this to happen so that these kids grow into this kind of so-called new normal? No, no. We stand with uh, with truth, and and uh, and it's it's not easy, especially like you said, Doug. We're in a nothing like this with mm -hmm. with the power of the internet and all, all kinds of ways in which um, they can push a button and oh, yeah. and there it is. And 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 again, there's there's too many of us are just peace at any cost mm -hmm. Did you? Uh, I, I just yeah. just as long as uh, you know i'm at peace by myself over here i saw so remove myself from it 
Did, right? did you ever hear the Winston Churchill quote? I hope I get it right, but a pacifist is someone who feeds the alligator, hoping he'll get eaten last. And that's really right. what it is. It's like they, <laughs> they're just yeah. feeding this beast, right? They're right. keeping their mouths shut and they're going along with it, hoping it won't come their way. Right, yeah. But yeah. sooner or later. There's also another quote from him. Well, it's in the movie. There was a movie that was done about Winston Churchill a couple of years back, a few years back, uh, maybe four or five years. And there's a line in the movie, whether it's accurate or not, it makes sense. He said he's talking about trying to negotiate with Adolf Hitler during World War II. And he says, you cannot negotiate with a lion when your head is in its mouth. <laughs> you know? And, and I agree with you, Father, this line. idea of peace at all costs, no matter what, we're just trying right. to get along. It's like we're trying to just hang on, hang on, yep. hang on until God comes and fixes everything for us. Yep. And God will step in eventually, but he normally uses us. Yep. This is age old. It's historic. It's scriptural. He uses us. He calls us to be the hands and the feet. And this is something we've just got to wrap our head around and we've got to take it seriously. You know, I mean, I, I struggle with it. I know Father and I have many conversations regularly about the struggles and the times and the tension in the world. I pray my rosary every day. I get to adoration several times a week. I try to get the daily mass when I can, get the confession frequently, have the devotion. Blessed Mother, she's always over my left shoulder. I mean, scapula around my neck, rosary in my pocket, you know, and just be ready spiritually and physically for what's going on. But we are going to reap what we sow if what we're sowing is silence and and complicity and peace at all costs like father said no it's got to be peace through strength right and that peace through strength means you know what i got a sign in front of my house that says beware of the dog actually it should say beware of doug but beware <laughs> okay this house protected by security system doug. or this house is protected by smith and wesson however you want to put it you're sending a deterring message to people right. saying, look, we'll have peace, but you got to know that I'm not going to be weak on this. Right. You know, and I agree with Father, this attitude of, well, God's got this. We know who wins in the end. You know, that can become a very easy scapegoat, okay, just to turn a blind eye to things because we know God will take care of it somehow. He will, but God does call us to be part of that, that whole process. Doug, we were talking uh, to get ready for today's show, and um, you had some really profound remarks about, yes, we're called to get up on the battlefield, and we're, we're called a potential martyrdom, but, you know, you just don't put yourself in harm's way without, you know, being tactical about it. You, you right. want to you speak to that? Yeah, I, you know, this is something, you know, it, when I'm doing self-defense training or the stuff that we do through BR Coalition with the preparedness work, is trying to help people understand your number one best self-defense weapon in any situation is your brain. It's how you're cleverly thinking about a situation, you're perceiving it, you're understanding it, you're assessing it, and then you respond accordingly. If the mission is, I've gotta get from here to here, I gotta get from A to B, and the mission is, the goal is some sort of victory, some sort of success, some sort of defense, in this case, preservation of our Catholic faith and souls and so forth down the road, what is the best way to get there? Well, running out there on the middle of the battlefield, waving a red flag, wearing a neon vest when you know you have snipers looking down is not probably the smartest move. Right. right? The best move is how do I get across that battlefield and accomplish the mission, but not get shot if I don't have to. Now, I know there are people who have that attitude. Oh, I'm ready to go. Let God take me as a martyr. 
If God grants that and offers that to us, that's a unique gift. And St. Thomas More said that. In a book that he wrote called The Sadness of Christ, which I believe he wrote while he was in the Tower of London for about 15 months before he died, it was the final piece that he wrote. He says in there, don't claim that you can be a martyr for God, that you would die for God. Peter did the same thing and within a few hours denied that he even knew him. Martyrdom is a gift. It's a gift that God bestows on people. We should pray for the grace to be ready for it if he does, and we should do what we can to be strong and prepared if he calls us to that. But Thomas More in this movie, Man for All Seasons, there's a great scene in there where his daughter comes to him and says, the king has an oath. We have to take the oath now. What are we gonna do? And he says, what are, what are the words? She says, well, what does it matter? And he says, the words matter because we might be able to take the oath and not compromise our faith. It depends on the wording. And she said, Father, how does that matter? And he said, we must be clever and use our wits to survive. And if God closes all the doors, then we die like champions. But we don't run out there, in other words, and, and draw fire if we don't have to. Let's be clever about it. Let's be tactical. Let's be, let's be rooted in prayer and in generosity and in kindness and in love, but let's be smart and let's do what we can so we can stay on the battlefield to fight as long as possible. I'll leave it with this last thought and then pass it back to you, Father or Angela, and that's this. When I've given talks at men's conferences all over the country, I like to bring up a key thing. And I've said this so many times. And one time in particular, this really stood out. I was in, I think, Indiana, about a thousand men in the room. And I said to the guys, who here would fight for their, their families? Oh, shout it out, guys. Oh, I'd fight for my family. Would you die for your family? Yeah, I'd die for my family. Okay, but once you're dead, if someone breaks in the house and, and attacks you and you die for your family, once you're dead, what happens to your family if the bad guy's not dead? And everybody got kind of quiet. And everybody knows, well, then my family's in trouble. And then I said, so what is the goal? What should we be doing? And some guy yells out in the back of the room, learn how to fight. And that's the obvious thing. How do we learn how to be clever, learn how to evangelize, learn how to get the word out while not removing ourselves from this spiritual battlefield any sooner than we have to. Father and I do our very best with almost four years now of the US Grace Force podcast. Check it out on our YouTube channel or at most where you can get your audio podcasts out there. And we do our very best not to say certain things in certain ways that will get us automatically removed. Because if we're removed, then we can't reach people very well. And so we, we don't compromise, but we also don't run out there and say, we're gonna say it any way we want and just let the chips fall where they may. If someone wants to do that, that's up to them. The Father and I are trying to be clever so we can stay in the fight as long as possible, not compromising, but also being clever along the way. That I think is a smart move. That's that's our goal, at least. I I excellent, Doug. And I I was thinking while you were saying that too, that the other thing we need to be careful of is not to use uh, something like being tactical as a reason for not acting. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. It, it, and it's I I, I and, and I'm thinking about a lot of the spiritual leaders, Catholic and otherwise, that that be maybe that they're being very strategic and tactical remaining completely silent and no no uh, there's ways of reclaiming surrendered ground but you got to go after it and you can't just stand down and oh we got to keep our powder dry and wait for another day or whatever you know excuse we give it to ourselves uh in in order to 
take ourselves out of the battle completely. Yeah. Uh, no, the battle is there. We've got to we got to go in, but we got to do it in the most strategic way. But we got a battle. Yeah. You know, Bishop yeah. Prockey received an award from us, that Fulton J. Sheen Award, this past weekend. And he had written this article in First Things that he thought was, well, this is just a little group of intellectual Catholics. You know, he had no idea the implications of that article and how it went across the world. But one of the things he brought up was that people were saying, well, you're caught, he said 95% of the mail was positive. The other 5%, they weren't disputing what he said but it was kind of an emotional thing. Oh, you shouldn't be causing division. Oh, you shouldn't be speaking against a fellow cardinal. And he said, look, he said, this came up, say, for example, with the Aryan controversy. He said, if people didn't speak up with the Aryan controversy, we'd right. all be Arianists. We'd all right. be espousing heresy. He said, you have to speak up. Just because you don't speak doesn't mean the division's not there. It's there. Mm -hmm. The division's mm -hmm. there. It's just a question of whether you're going to and he quoted scripture about calling it out. The scripture says that you have to call it out. St. Paul said that you have to call it out. But there's a mistake. I noticed you had Father Lovell on one of your podcasts. You know, there's a, a mistaken notion that fraternal correction causes the division and that silence is better, Father. And I think that's what you're, you're referring yeah. to. Right. Yeah, and, and I, you know, we're accused of, for speaking God's truth. Uh, proclaiming from the housetops the will of God, not man's will, not, not man's truth. And we're, uh, I, I think you said that earlier too, Doug, we're, we're accused of being divisive. And, you know, I, I want to say, do you read sacred scripture? Hmm. You know, realize that the world hates you and hated me first. Uh, that's from Jesus Christ himself. You know, we, we need to be unified. We need unity at the foot of the cross. Yeah. At the foot of the cross. That's where we unify, and s to leave our brothers and sisters exposed and beaten and devoured by, you know, the, the liars, the, the Satan. I let's say Satan and his useful idiots. And um, false doctrine, and false doctrine. Yeah. You know, they've left the church. That's false what doctrine. Bishop, yeah. False doctrine. That's what Bishop Paprocki was saying. Yep. The penalty for heresy, the just uh, ramification of heresy, is automatic excommunication right so they the division is that they have separated themselves exactly. from the church with what they're teaching so we're exactly. not we're, we're not the divider they've separated themselves and yet they're still in it and I think there's so much confusion have you seen this Doug so much confusion about what's true and what isn't true right. what's right and what's wrong and that's what's causing division yeah 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 the lack and of I, clarity yeah, and I, I, I'm always stunned by, you know, in my 33 years of traveling and speaking and being criticized at times and, and uh, you know, kicked out of diocese, you know, years ago told there's at least six or seven dioceses I'm not allowed ever back in again. I've been told for this and that. And, and it, it, you know, people would say to me, well, if you were a little more tactful, if you were, if you didn't talk about hell as much, if you didn't, you know, the, the passion meditation that you did, yeah, Horatius, the soldier that scourges Jesus, He's a little kind of too aggressive, don't you think, and too mean. And I would say, okay, if it's not your style, that's fine. But if there's anything that I've said that is contrary to the teaching of the church, let me know. And no one ever has done that, okay, fine. So if I'm faithful to the teaching of the church and it's just a style thing, that's okay. People can like my style or not like my style. That's entirely up to you. However, when I hear people say things like, whether it's about me or somebody else, 
you know, if we did it a little nicer, if we were a little calmer, I think we'd draw more people to get to us. And I'm, my answer to that is always, if you think that we can outdo Jesus in the way we spread the truth, because what I mean by that is Jesus was clear, he was concise, he of course understands how to be the most charitable, with who we're talking about, right? Divinity himself. He understands how to tell a story, not a better storyteller out there than, than the Son of God himself, who knows how to, how to really imply the inflection and the tone of voice and the expression how to make eye contact at the right time. He know all of this, and still they put him on a cross. And still, as you mentioned a little bit ago, Father, he's the one that said, they hated me, they will hate you too. If they do this to the head of the church, what will they do to the body of the church? In other words, if any of us think we can outdo Jesus in the way we evangelize and do it in a nicer way to reach more people, we're missing something very profoundly stated and clear, implied and literal in the scriptures. This is something we cannot avoid. We are battling principalities of darkness. Whenever anybody cooperates with that darkness, we know that it, they're going to go after us. They're going to go after us. And so I say to people, look, let's focus on getting stronger prayerfully, spiritually, emotion emotionally, and mentally. you got to toughen up, too. you got to be ready for when things hit the fan. you got to understand that as things get tough, your mind and your emotions have to be engaged in this as well as your prayer life. So there's a lot of toughening and strengthening we can do through prayer and fasting and disciplined behaviors so we can be in better shape. But we have to read the scriptures, meditate on what our Lord means when he says these things, be tactical, clever, wise, make no excuses. And, and you know, Father, you talk a lot about being so close to God that, that when he calls you to do something, you know and you go. And I love this father, by the way, Angela tells me at times how he'll sit down in prayer and all of a sudden he pulls out a notebook and he's writing stuff down because the Holy Spirit's just giving it to him. I love that. That's, I don't get that. Not like that. I get a word here and there, but he gets, he gets novels. It's awesome. And then he acts on it. So he doesn't make excuses. And, and this is, I'm not trying to sing your praises, father, but um, oh, there, singing your praises. But, uh, <laughs> but I just think we've got to be that close to God because the Holy Spirit is moving pieces around the chessboard very quickly now. There's a lot happening. We've got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We've got to be in tune with the Blessed Mother so that when we're called to do something, we're ready to go. But that also means we've got to take care of ourselves, develop our skills and our talents and our prayer life and our mind and our heart and our soul so that we are ready to go when God calls us to engage in this way or that and not think that, oh, we've got a better way to do it than Jesus and the 12 apostles who 11 of the 12 were put to death for the same faith that we are sitting here talking about right now. Yeah, I was thinking that, um, how hard it is for us to move out you know, when, the, when, that, when that gun sounds that we, we take off. Uh, when our people that were in charge of our formation and this this is like it's like a, a virus in our in our world right now but you know the the dads i'll pick on dads that want to be their kids best friend yeah so yeah go ahead and spend you know all your time downstairs playing your video games and here i'm going to dole out money to you and wait if you go and compete in any competition i'm going to hand you a participation trophy Oh, I hate participation trophies. 
Oh. Amen. But but so how is that person ready to go? Yep. In in what they what the new normal is psychology. I got my uh, bachelor degree in psychology, and I just watched the American Psychological Association just woke, if you want to call it, but but just this whole participation trophy nonsense. Is, oh, and you don't want to you know damage their psyche by being too strict or whatever. No. No, 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 no. You need to be tough, okay? And you need to be clear. And, and you have to be truly concerned about their formation. I, I, I think the selfishness that's going on in the world right now where parents, unfortunately, can't be bothered with making the extra effort to, to uh, discipline their children and to, and to help them become strong so that they're ready to take on the challenges of life. You're not going to take on the challenges of life if you're playing video games and getting participation trophies as, you, as you're being formed. Uh, it's, it's hard. And so, the, again, and so which, which, which parent is more loving? The one that says, uh, okay, here, I got to go golfing. Here's uh, 20 bucks and go get yourself something. And, you know, if you have a temper tantrum, I'll give you $20 more uh, versus the parent that's like, no, child, you can't do that. Yes, child, that was very good you did that. Let's build on that. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you're, you're strong, you're, you're clear, uh, and, and you're, you're not going to allow them to go the wrong way, to go, to, to go the way well, of the world and, instead of going the way of God. So that, that's, I, I just believe right now we're kind of, we passed through this kind of time where uh, a lot of parents have been participation trophy parents, and that's really part of the problem right now. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think it's the emphasis on feelings versus, you know, when uh, Father Ripperger did, he goes through the different levels, you know, there's the yeah. will, the intellect, and then you go down, down, and then there's the feelings, and that's the one that Satan has access to. And yeah. now it seems like that level is what's dominating our culture that people's feelings are hurt and of course we can't control their feelings but um, i think even with parents and their children it's that concern of the emotional um, ramification versus what you were talking about the greater good yeah, yeah. i think it's a matter of superficial superficial yeah, yeah. In, in other words again like give me here's a participation trophy here's a candy bar just stop your temper tantrum whatever you know, uh, well, a person could say, "Oh, the feeling there is that this this parent or whatever is loves me because you know he's given me stuff and and let me you know continue in my bad behavior because they don't want to upset me." You see, I'm staying there, and and versus the parent at a deeper level understands that we've got to help root in them uh, an uh, a, a, a ability to live life to the fullest and, and to, to be able to face challenges in our lives and to be able to to uh, to respond quickly to, to need when we see it and uh, and to live in truth and morals and values and principles and ethics. Yeah. Um, and, and that's at a deeper level. I think I think we're we're at that we're we're concerned with feelings but at a very superficial level. Here's yeah. a candy bar of stop your temper tantrum. Yeah, you know, one thing that when, you know, we raised our five kids that we would tell them regularly, and I would encourage every parent out there, 
to, to tell your kids this and your grandkids and, and for every priest to preach this somewhere in your homilies at times. Look, it is okay to be disappointed at times. It's okay to be unhappy with certain things in this world. It's okay if you're uncomfortable, right? And it's been said, whether it's Navy SEALs, Delta Force, Green Beret, or whether it's championship athletic teams, one of the best attitudes you can have is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. As a Christian, you've got to realize it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be upset about things. Even the famous quote from Augustine that hope has two beautiful daughters, anger that things are the way they are, right? And then, and then you know, the, the willingness to do something about it, to change it, to get active. That's where you find hope. I don't like the way things are. I'm uncomfortable with it. Well, I'm going to take steps to make it better then. But tell your kids, oh, I'm not happy about this and that. And I agree. Father's right. You know, give them 20 bucks. Throw them a popsicle. You know, let them yeah. take the car out then instead yeah. with their friends and let them break yeah. curfew. Okay, just for yeah. peace yeah. sake. No, teach your kids. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's I'm sorry if you don't like this, but there's a lot of things in life you're not going to like. Right. Whether you're sick, you sprained an ankle, you didn't get the job you wanted, you didn't get the promotion, whatever it might be, get used to being uncomfortable with things and keep working hard. But let's preach that more. Let's teach our kids that, all right? That way we don't give in to the feelings. We just want, again, go back to what you said earlier, Father. We want peace at all costs, even in the family. And that is not how you raise kids. That's not how you make a business run well. And that definitely isn't how you become a, uh, you know, a stellar athletic team or, or, right. or a great military force. You have to be disciplined. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable, okay with working hard. And when things aren't good and you're unhappy, Okay, I'm not happy. I'm going to deal with it the way it is, and I'm going to keep moving forward. No matter what kind of mud I'm crawling through, I'm going to get up that hill. That's the hill I need to take. And yeah. so we Christians, we have to have a different attitude rather than the woe is me sort of, okay, I'm ready to just lay down. No, if God calls you, okay. But you know what? I want to be on that battlefield swinging away. I don't want to just roll down or lay down, roll over and capitulate. That is not the way to go, especially in the times we're in right now. Yeah. And you're right, Doug, too. The use of the best sources of new media mm. to get to get back and yeah. to reclaim the truth once again. Peace it, just, it, it aggravates me when I see people, oh, you know, look what's going on out there. I got to pull back and I can't. Well, fine for you. But what I've seen with the use of new media is people who are uh, enthusiastic about making sure we stay in truth. You know, share an article, uh, share, share a story, uh, um, share your faith, you know, in, in all the ways that we can unify against this force that has come in and, and, and is, is trying to take our territory, trying to claim our ground. And it, it's not our ground, it's God's. And, and we have to win this back for God and yes, use the best possible uh, methods of new media that, that are at your disposal because we got to reclaim surrendered ground. You know, it seems like the, one of the largest areas in the forefront today is the gender issue. Yeah. Where, you know, on one hand, they'll say we don't want this person identifies as a male or female, so that gives that person the right to come in and participate in a sport. I mean, but they're not worried about the feelings of all the other people on the team. For example, the women right. who have trained and tried to get a medal their whole life, 
and then not to hurt the feelings of someone who supposedly believes he's a female, but yeah. they'll they'll take the just trophy away from all those other people competing. Do you agree with that statement, or is that incorrect? No, I agree. I totally agree with that. But I, you know what? I I love that person even deeper. You know why? Because I don't want to see that person get help. Mm-hmm. I want to see them be healed. Yes. You know, I, I'm not just gonna. In, in us, I feel that what we're doing right now is, like you said, we're a participation trophy. Parents, here, go walk in the bathroom, go take that trophy, go do what you want. You know, it's like here's the candy bar, here's the twenty bucks, um, as a way to sh- express our love for them. No, I love you so much. I want to see that you get some help, okay? And that disorder becomes order once again. Yeah. So you're saying yeah. it's not really to even the benefit of that person who took the trophy because that person can receive um, peace through counseling or other methods, whereas to just let that person go on the way they are, it doesn't help the other people in the team and it doesn't help the person. Is that correct? Oh, we lost you for a second there, Angela. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's I was just, okay. it's a, that's a great analysis. I was going to start talking about how I was born on uh, John the Baptist's birth. Okay, by all means, Father, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And Roe v. Wade was overturned on your yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this year he's moving. Father, you're going to be leaving your yeah. parish of all these. How many years have you been at St. Mary's? 18 years. Yeah. 18 years. Yeah. Where are you going? I'm going to Jane and I'm going with some mighty priests and looking forward to it. But uh, boy, I'm very, very tight in with my parishioners, as you can imagine. We're, we're literally family with each other. So it's going to be tough, but I uh, just follow the Holy Spirit. Well, he has yeah. a plan. He has a plan for bringing yep. you that. You know, I just want to mention before I, we're coming to the top of the hour, you were mentioning about resources. I went to your site today before the show. I went to the Roman Catholic Gear and the, the array of things that you have on that site is astounding on how Thanks. to deal with this issue of um, Christianity. You know, everything from practical guides to spiritual guides. And then, Doug, your site, to be able to connect with other people in the community yeah. that are facing the same thing. Sometimes we feel so alone. Right. And to become a part of that brcoalition.com site is just, how many years have you been at it? Uh, be three coming up on three years pretty soon here and the the number one um statement that we get from people is they love the community people are feeling yes. very out there in left field people yeah. say they're having a hard time with family even in their own parishes they're not feeling a lot of closeness and a lot of bonds with regards to you know there's a lot of liberalism out there there's a lot of weak complicit sort of behavior in, in preaching and leadership on all levels and it's very discouraging for some people so be our coalition is a way for people to you know, get part of this monthly online training that we do or the prep course, which is an emergency preparedness course. And we help people with, you know, helping understand prepping for food, water, shelter, medical defense and spiritual preparation. And the community of this is it, it, we have a thing called circle community. It's like a Facebook, but it's uncensored. It's just within the members and they're constantly posting, encouraging each other. It is really amazing to find how people are reaching out. Like Father mentioned, we use the media to the best of our ability. Yeah. While we have access to this, we've got to take advantage of it and reach as many people as possible with the time that we have. And we need to unify, and you're doing a great job with that, Doug, and it's really helping a lot of people because a lot are feeling alone out there on the battlefield. And, and uh, to get everybody together and working hard together and, and doing the best we can to 
not only prepare ourselves, but you know, to help our neighbor in, in yeah. time of uh, challenge or crisis. So yeah. to keep our wits uh, about really us. Good. Yeah, yeah, we have to. That, that's the way to keep our wits about us is to have that kind of community to run things by. Yeah. How many yeah, states exactly. are you in now? Do you know, Doug? Uh, we're in pretty much every single state. We have people from almost every state that I know of. Uh, we have people from Australia, um, Philippines, Canada, um, Ireland, Scotland, UK. I mean, people wow. from all over the place. India. Yeah, we've got members all over the different parts of the world. Uh, and it's really phenomenal. And it, again, we just have to remember that this is not just about us. It's about the people that God entrusts to our care. And everything Father and I try to you know, talk about through Grace Forest or through BR Coalition is this is about the generations to come. They're going to stand on our shoulders. We've got to have some strong shoulders. If we don't have strong shoulders and we collapse, the generations to come, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, God willing, down the road, what are they going to have? We need to be thinking about all those that God has entrusted to us now and in the future and prepare for them as well as for ourselves right now. And Father, maybe please have your blessing. Yes. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.